Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Parts Unknown. I'm Matt Davis. We're continuing our WrestleMania Rewind. Today we're talking the biggest WrestleMania of all time. 101,763 people, if you believe WWE, who never exaggerate about these things, at Giant Stadium in Dallas, Texas. It is slash was WrestleMania 32. And here to talk it through, wearing a cowboy hat, is Carrie Dunn. Good morning. And a couple of bona fide Texas studs, Carl Anker. Welcome, true believers. And Anton Tolui. Howdy. So we're going to go in terms of basically what we like best on this show rather than a match-by-match breakdown or the most significant perhaps would be a better way to put it. And we'll start at the end with the last match on the show. Roman Reigns pinned Triple H in just under half an hour to win the WWE title. In my life, my goal is to help people, says Roman in the hype video. Cue the sound of 100,000 people booing him as he came out. Um... JBL said there was a celebration all over the world at the end of this match. Anton, was that the case in the Tolui house when, when the big dog finally won the big one? Oh, not particularly. I mean, as I think will be a theme for this entire WrestleMania, it felt too long. It felt like longer than half an hour. My favourite part was Steph's GCSE drama soliloquy at the beginning. <laughs> it kind of felt like a very bad sort of rendition of a Shakespeare sort of thing. It was it was pretty, pretty funny. I'm not, it wasn't supposed to be funny, but made me laugh it was riffing on the game of thrones theme wasn't it which was obviously big at this time and she um she actually got to sort of give her vince and triple h's real views on on the world and and the wwe universe i would suggest carl yeah i remember thinking how delightfully meta it was because stephanie was talking about how we're all essentially peons that will be crushed under the constant wave of narrative that is you know the soon to be king of kings in plot terms, it's meant to be Triple H who's the King of Kings. But obviously, for all the fans, it is the oncoming storm that is the Roman Empire. And we're just going, oi, here it comes. <laughs> Carrie, where did this rank for you in terms of um, Triple H entrances at WrestleMania? It was rather grandiose, even by his standards. Even by his standards, yes. And obviously, uh, as you say, uh, Steph's epic speech-making skills being used to their full force there insulting us for our pathetic lives all that kind of stuff yeah classic Steph stuff which I enjoyed much more than I actually enjoyed the match I think and in terms of the match this is going to be a recurring theme for us I think but is it just simple enough to say well they could have shaved 10 minutes of it and it would have been a much better match or are we maybe doing it a bit of a disservice and, and actually it was okay there were definitely elements that were good I mean there was a fantastic net breaker from Triple H off the table to Reigns and it was all really about the spears, wasn't it? The, the high impact was great in terms of, you know, when Reigns all of a sudden just came out of nowhere and put, put um, Triple H through a barricade. They're brilliant. That's that's what you expect. That's the intensity you, that you kind of get behind Reigns when he's on form. And that's what Triple H has been doing for years. So that's fine. But it just, it was very slow. It was very, you know, it's, it's the main event. It ne- we need to make this... You know, we need to fill the... But it, WrestleMania was long enough as it was. By this point, we were hours into it. It's fine. Keep the intensity. Keep it short. And that's 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 not a problem. I don't think anybody would have minded 
if you know if it was ten minutes shorter. But the because the intensity would have been there. Cole Triple H has obviously gone through a, a period of development in terms of his character over a couple of decades. I know that's something that you'd like to see a bit more of from Roman Reigns, given that this was another opportunity for him to headline a WrestleMania. But from the twelve months prior and the the twelve months that would follow this, there's not a great difference between the Roman Reigns of of then and now. Um, yes and no. The great conundrum about Roman Reigns is he doesn't quite have a character yet, which makes him really really malleable and a lot of fun if you want to put him in a main event because he's got everything he's 7 out of 10 on mic he's 7 out of 10 in looks he's seven, well he's more than 7 out of 10 whoa, in looks <laughs> he's a very handsome man uh, he's 7 out of 10 in, he's, he's got the intangibles he's got the in ring stuff he's got the mic work stuff so you can put him in a main event in any sort of thing and he can do underdog we've seen him be an underdog against Brock Lesnar we've seen him now be the guy trying to take on the rest of the world in 32 we saw him be the like young lion who's going to destroy everything in 33 and now possibly we're going to see him do other things later on that's fun but also what is the point of roman reigns john cena's point is hustle loyalty respect he's going to go through this to be amazing so when roman reigns comes out for 32 he goes i want to be an inspiration for children and you're like, well really like how you do a lot of brooding solitary violent things which is very that's what i felt when i was a teenager though so (laughs) (laughs) you want to be i want to be an inspiration but also everyone leave me alone and i'm gonna beat you up if you don't if you get in my way hmm and that's how i think about Roman Reigns a lot just hmm yeah i know what you mean it's it's almost like he could do with another couple of years before he started going into wrestlemania main events but this is the whole point about roman reigns is that for me he's only ever really made sense when he's been part of the shield Mm -hmm. because that dynamic made sense and so they had kind of that group motivation and he was actually relating to other people on a regular basis and now he's been taken out of that situation yeah you're quite right he doesn't really make any sense he could be all things to all people or nothing bit of character work in 32 in that main event match is right at the start where Triple H comes around beats him up slaps him around the head twice to try and get in his head Roman Reigns turns around knocks him and then does the crotch job I'm like oh that's who you are Mm. you are just annoying and you don't care you have no regard for anything and if he keeps with that just no regard for anything I didn't shake your hand I didn't want to become your champion I'm going to do this Oh, you've got the League of Nations. I'm going to do this. I don't care. I don't reap. I don't particularly want this title. I'm just the best. And like the, that's that's what you should be. You should be like, ah, well, title, whatever. Put it down. Which is he kind of gets that when he's holding the US title and does <laughs> that weird backpack thing. Yeah. But he, he never fully leans into the whole. He's not supposed to care about all the big things he's been given. What well, I say, given he's earned. He's so confusing. He's the Wolverine of. Uh, wrestling stories <laughs> like the point in the 90s where Wolverine was in every single Marvel team up because it was just the most popular thing and we like, why is Wolverine hanging out with Spider-Man those two shouldn't be next to each other that's where Roman Reigns was so many things in wrestling yeah we could do with a bit more consistency to his character so he won the match obviously final shot him celebrating with the belt etc etc meanwhile earlier in the night Charlotte retained the women's title in a three way over Sasha and uh, Becky Lynch just went just over 15 minutes before uh, this match and indeed it was on the kickoff show we got the footage of Lita announcing that the Divas title will become the Women's Championship. This was the first time they've made that change. Moolah was the first face on the hype video, which uh, just goes to show once again how great WWE are at promoting women. Um, This, I would suggest, Carrie, is perhaps up there with the best women's matches that the company has ever put on. Is is that a bit too much of a stretch? I really enjoyed it. No, I think it's an excellent, excellent match. I mean, I guess for me, the 
fact that the belt was being renamed probably overshadowed it a little bit because I was just so excited about the fact that they were finally not going to be called Divas anymore. And also because on NXT, it'd be called the Women's Championship for like ever. There'd never been Divas on NXT. And the fact that the main roster was still kind of pushing this really kind of outdated 90s attitude era kind of women's wrestling was really depressing. So I was kind of really excited that finally when we get the chance to compete for a women's championship and the fact that there were really good wrestlers doing it. Yeah, it's a fantastic match. And actually speaking to um, Carrie's point, Anton, the NXT Women's Championship was that and these three women were all in NXT at pretty much the same time so it did feel kind of like a, a sort of coming out party for, for women's wrestling in WWE if you like. Yeah it really did and the match lived up to the hype which was the which was, I think was the most important thing. You know if it was a turkey then everything was building up towards not just sort of the actual storyline but in terms of what wrestling needed to do to modernise to fit in with modern society would have would have really would have been a real shame but this actually lived up to it and I thought in terms of the one person that kind of gets lost or in, in the shuffle is always going to be Becky Lynch. And actually watching this match back again, I thought she was the standout performer in this match, actually, which at the time watching it, you know, I didn't really notice. She was absolutely superb. Some of her, she did a, a beautiful pump paddle rock bottom, a great electric chair, backsplitter off the top rope. And, you know, she was the one in terms of actually they kind of held a lot of it together. So we all know what Sasha can do. We all know what Charlotte can do. We've seen her either in NXT or since. But actually, she was, the, she was the one in terms of... It's a shame that she hasn't really kicked on as much as the others because in the ring, she proved that she belonged with those two. And why do you think that is, Carl? Is it, is it as simple as she hasn't got a famous dad or a famous uncle? It, the, her character doesn't seem quite as well-developed as um, Charlotte, Sasha, or even Bailey. I think it's just she's weird. Her character is she's weird. She's like steampunk Jack Sparrow, and she's got this really... She's got far more fluid ring gear compared to everyone else. On the on, on out the four horsewomen, she wears pretty much whatever she wants. Which forty percent of the time she comes to the ring going, "What is that?" <laughs> uh, when it works, it really works. When it doesn't work, she kind of looks like a weird Mad Max villainous. Like sometimes she's steampunk Jack Sparrow. Sometimes she's a weird Mad Max villainous. She's very very fluid. Um, and there will be a great video package one day when they decide to go forward, where the whole gimmick is: you never won the big one in NXT. You never you haven't won the big one against Sasha you haven't won the big one against Charlotte like let's go because Bailey's defeated all horsewomen Sasha's defeated all horsewomen Charlotte's defeated all horsewomen Becky hasn't beaten any of them I that think. story that you're telling would have been perfect for Bailey wouldn't it yeah yeah they did well they already did that in NXT um, I think Becky Lynch is great tiny tiny point re-watching this match in 32 get Ric Flair out of there like so much earlier um, yeah. so he took a bump didn't he from Becky he did he shouldn't have been ringside uh, so he comes out obviously this is my daughter this is Charlotte Flair fantastic great just stay at the back then Charlotte looks like she's in trouble come out then take your bump and then there, there is just something a bit odd about the first ever women's title match being ended by Ric Flair holding Sasha Banks from like making the save yeah I agree um, Sasha got the big entrance in this match which obviously always means that you don't win the match when you get the, the big entrance she had her cousin Snoop singing along with her singing her to the ring rapping her to the ring said the whitest man in the room um, I really love this this is one of my favourite moments of this whole show because there's something about how much Snoop Dogg loves wrestling that I just really really enjoy and we got the great footage of them rehearsing it on the 24 episode for this mania and Vince standing on the stage watching on and sort of going um, uh, hey, that was great. And I don't know why, but there's something about Snoop and Vince together which just makes makes me smile. Something I always found really weird 
watching wrestling, well, 90s wrestling now is... So let's look at the NWO. The NWO are a bunch of old 30-something, 30, 30 to 40-something white guys who are acting like hip-hop rappers. And they completely nail the aesthetic. Like, NWO look like a rap group from 2019. Uh, that's how future forward they are. And NWO sold out is one of the coolest things you've ever seen in terms of entrances in music videos. Wrestling and rap music have always meshed because look at Ric Flair. Look mm. at all of the songs named after Ric Flair. One of the highest songs in the charts right now is by Offset, and it's called Ric Flair Drip. Um, and Ric Flair's in the video. Um, but you always get the impression that people in wrestling don't quite understand how rap music works. And people in rap music don't quite understand how wrestling works. And it causes this like weird, lovely appreciation and also like weird gaps in like the weird hugs. You know when you try and go for a hug with someone you don't quite know? You don't, am I going to dap? Am I going to do this? I'm going to do that. That's how it always feels when a rapper is out uh, doing a wrestling thing. And that's how it always feels when a wrestler is like trying to do a rapping thing. Am I, am I the only one that didn't particularly like the entrance? Sorry, I... Get out. No, I, 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 yeah, I like the whole Snoop, his connection from WWE, and I get that, and I get that, you know, she, he, him and Sasha are related or not. But it's, we're not talking Snoop in his prime. We're talking, like it's, like, it's like, you know, everyone's got that uncle who's constantly drunk at parties, who always wants to come along, and then he's no. wearing a robe and I'm he's pottering along and that kind of thing, <laughs> spouting is, out no. early 90s hip-hop cliches. It's... If it was Snoop, if it was Prime Snoop, great. But we're not. We're talking. We're talking ten years down the line, Snoop. This, we're just talking up. Like, what's he actually contributing to this? This isn't. I'm not having this. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> Carrie. You've got the casting vote. Okay, well, I'm going to put in a bit of feminist criticism then. Why are men there? Why do? Why does Sasha need a man there? Why does Charlotte need a man there? Becky manages it. No, no men. There we go. All right, now that's an interesting um, take that I hadn't really thought of, which shows how sexist I am. Um, the other thing we've got to talk about in this match, and it's sort of become a WrestleMania tradition, is Charlotte's outstanding corkscrew moonsault. Oh, it's a, it's a thing of beauty. Um, it's terrifying, though, isn't it? When you watch it back, she lands, she rolls onto a front, and then she does like a double fist, like, yes! Because she nailed it. <laughs> um, I met Charlotte before SummerSlam, and I talked to her about the fact that she, like, you can see her celebrate, and she's like, yeah. I shouldn't have done that, but also it was really cool, wasn't it? <laughs> but also, the thing I like about it is the fact that that was the first time we saw it and we don't see it very often because it is a thing of beauty, but you don't want it to become a cliche. Mm. And it is the one image from the match. You don't think of Ric Flair getting involved. You think of that moonsault, which I think perfectly encapsulates that match. Yeah, she's a superstar and she will be for years and years. So from that, next up, we're going to have um, have a look back. I'm sorry that we're going to have to do this, but Undertaker pinned Shane McMahon in Hell in a Cell. This went half an hour and the stipulation was that Undertaker can wrestle again at WrestleMania because he won and Shane doesn't get to run Raw. Remember Shane wanted to run Raw and then he ended up with SmackDown? This was, was just a huge mess. And blackmail. The lockbox, blackmail, all of that meant nothing. Taker being Vince's bitch, which just seemed to completely destroy the Taker character. Um, what an awful mess this was. That small point about ruining Taker's character. Uh, in the promo video just before it launches, Shane goes, your character and your legacy ended at WrestleMania 30, which I thought was a lovely little touch. Mm. And then you, you get the match and then you're like, oh man. This is basically... Was it really as long? It's yeah. really yeah. 30 it was, yeah. minutes and three seconds. <laughs> This it, is this is two middle aged men that should know better. And the thing is with Shane, I forgot how big the pop is. There was such enthusiasm about mm. Shane McMahon being back in WWE, and it's weird. Sort of, we build up, you know, now, 
and where he's fallen to, where he's just become another McMahon. Everything centers around him. All the SmackDown storylines go through him. But at the time, the pop was huge. He was so popular. Seems a breath of fresh air, and everyone was really enthusiastic about what he could potentially bring to, bring to the ring. Even though this, the storyline was a bit tired and all over the place, there was still real enthusiasm behind this match and behind his return, which I forgot about. But watching back, like, oh my god, yeah, I was really happy to see Shane back in WWE. And now I'm not. And this match should have been the eye-opening moment. Where you're like, oh yeah, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a chubby taker with no top on and leather trousers eventually won the match. The big spots got over, Carrie, but the rest of it was a bit yeesh. I couldn't believe how long this match was. And then kind of watching it back, it was kind of like, well, it's because they can't move. Mm. Neither of them can move. And then Shane takes, what, 25 minutes climbing up into the top of the cell? And it, oh, oh. Yeah, can we can we not talk about this? It's just sad. <laughs> I did like Maria Menounos on on <laughs> outside the ring. Come on, Shane, you can do it! Like she just loves WWE so much, and she's so into it. She was desperately trying to inject some enthusiasm. But this was, we'll we'll get onto this style. style. Sorry, why did they work at MMA style? Yeah, well, what, they, I, they should have done what they did for Thirty One with Triple H and Sting, and just just thrown all of the sports entertainment at it. Yeah, um, but. Yeah. The thing that annoyed me one the most was the toolbox. Like it was yeah. it, that's not a weapon for a start. <laughs> Secondly, it when it came open, it was just it wasn't full of tools. It was just full of like little screws and maybe you know tiny little pair of pliers. Like I could carry that in my pocket. What's what if you're going to use weapons? Yeah. You know, come on. Not, not a toolbox for come on. Like, and also you know, don't what, call weapons toys. That's yes. one of my pet peeves. Like no no, they think they're instruments of destruction. Um on the 24 Shane said he's so proud of that match. We get to see him and Vince hugging afterwards. It's almost it's sort of quite an easy assumption to make, but it feels like a bit of a concession from Vince to Shane that, hey, your sister's way better at actually running a company and stuff. But if you want to go out there and ask about for half an hour with one of your mates and jump off something really tall, then I'll let you do that. He's in his 40s getting his head panned in to earn his father's love. In front of his children. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit sad. That was another thing, wasn't it? The McMahon sprocklets coming out at the beginning yeah. thinking, this legacy is not going to end. Oh, no, they're, they're going to run the company. And this is, oh, come on. But I love how Shane's got three boys and Stephanie's got three girls. And I mean, that, that feud just writes itself, yep. doesn't it? And they, they hinted at it when Shane comes back. So in the episode he comes back, he talks about legacy and then he names his children mm. um, and, say, you know, talks about having boys and having legacy. And then Stephanie's like, yo, what the hell? <laughs> That's a messed up thing. I mean, yeah, good, good. Now go with it. And they didn't because, because no one wants to remember anything of consequence from this WrestleMania because it wasn't very good. No, and I think that's the other, what we're the coming other to. The thing about this match is there wasn't much Saxton. This is Saxton's first WrestleMania, remember? Oh, and boy. Saxton barely says a word during this match because he's clearly out of his comfort zone because they're thinking this, there could be some huge WrestleMania moments out of this, and there clearly wasn't. But it's funny how he is off mic for most of, mm. and most of this match, especially because. He's not ready. He's not ready, and everything that will come out of his mouth will seem cliche-ridden or trite or scripted. Whereas the other guys can make it sound spontaneous. There's no Saxton in the commentary of this match at all. I don't know whether they cut his mic or whether Cole and JBL just go, "We've got this, son." Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. And we're back and we've hopefully removed the squeaky chair, which has been uh, perforating your eardrums over the last little while. We made a substitution. This is not a folding chair, which will be whacked over somebody's head unless there's any more criticism of the Sasha Banks entrance. So we go back to the opener. Zack Ryder won the IC title in a seven-way ladder match over Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, The Miz, Sin Cara, Dolph Ziggler and Stardust. Carrie, there's a crazy amount of talent in this match if you look at it from a 2018 perspective. Yeah, there really is. Um, I'd actually forgotten this match happened, which is terrible of me, I know. Um, and Sin Cara doing his crazy trying-to-kill-himself spots, mm. as he always does in ladder matches. I mean, whatever you want to say about any of the incarnations of Sin Cara, whoever is under that mask at any one time has got literally no fear whatsoever. It's terrifying. I really like this is a theme we're going to come back to over the, the recent WrestleManias, but Kevin Owens in ring chat when him and Sammy face off and he says, this is KO mania. Go back to NXT. Superb. What a man. This, this was the biggest pop in my house viewing of WrestleMania. So when the eventual reveal that is Zack Ryder, we leapt off the sofa and climbed all over each other. I'm like, oh my God, this is WrestleMania is going to be completely off the wall. And then it was just baffling in all the rest of its decisions. Um, one thing I'll pick up about this match, this is the first time where the Miz looks like new Miz. Mm. Like this is the beginning of new Miz. Like he comes out and you're like, whoa, he's jacked. He's hench. He's ripped. He's looking really good condition compared to whatever, whatever, whatever. When he comes to the ring, he's wearing that gold cape he's wearing and Saxon goes, what on earth is he wearing? JBL does his shut up Saxon thing and goes, that's what A-lister wears. And that's the beginning of what we have now in The Miz. Um, and I, it's, it's really weird that in like a match that very few people remember, that's like the genesis of Miz, new Mizdom. This was my favourite match on the entire card. Mm. This, this was, it was a great way to start. I know it was the second mainly we started with a, with a ladder match, but it was a, it was a great way to start. It, it, the pace was there, which you're just thinking, this is, you know, you saw Cody come out and I just straight in my heart sank. God, I miss Cody. What a waste of talent. Cody Rhodes was because he, he came out. He came from thirty one. He came mm. out. He came out looking like David Bowie had, had sex with Pudsey, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, he t- and he took the hits. He took the ladder. He took two big ladder ladder hits, and you're just thinking, my word, he is cool. He's good looking. He's brilliant in the ring, and what a waste of talent he was in WWE. It's a real shame because when you look back, you think he could have. You know, it, when he was in Evolution and Autumn was the guy, they were. No, Rhodes should have been the guy. He should have been the guy that you know came through. And hey, he has the he has the legacy. He has the lineage as well. So, so many backstories uh, made me think. Really made me miss Cody in WWE. And like you said, just KO and Sammy stole the show with this, didn't they? Yeah. In a ladder match, they still managed to tell their story, mm. which is absolutely superb. And just how brilliant is Sammy as a heel? How great is he as a babyface? He is just 
he's, him and KO are, are the two best for me on the roster, and they, and this match proved why. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people who would um, who would agree with you on that. In terms of Zack Ryder getting the win, it didn't last very long. He got the belt taken off him at Raw the next night. Uh, that's kind of peak WWE, isn't it? We give with one hand and then we, we take away with another. But was he worthy of this moment? Again, I keep referring back to the 24s, but they are worth watching around the WrestleManias because we get the backstory of the, the childhood cancer battle that he had, which I wasn't aware of, and, and just how big wrestling had been for him in terms of um, whilst he was going through all that. It, they can do nice things every so often, WWE, and they did that here with him. Yeah, and I mean, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins and their kind of childhood friendship and what kind of wrestling nerds they were. And they, they, they've kind of pushed that quite a lot. And I like that they gave Zack Ryder his WrestleMania moment in inverted commas. And yeah, OK, it lasted 24 hours. But, you know, it's like we were saying before, you can't take that away from someone once mm. they've got that they've got that forever so yeah it's a nice thing to give them even if he would have known it wasn't going to be a long-term run wouldn't he he'd have been told that and we got to see his dad as well the star of his youtube series famous Zack Ryder's dad how hench is his dad really is oh Jack wow he obviously got the call a couple of months before there's a chance dad that you might be getting in the (laughs) ring at Wrestlemania make sure you're in shape and he was yeah yeah and then of course the next day Maurice Turns yeah. up beginning the age of Miz. And that's a really, really great point that you made, Carl, that that was the start of that chapter of the Miz's career, wasn't it? Because it was actually, it was um, Miz and Zach who were the last, well, M- Miz was up on the ladder, wasn't he? P- about posing, waiting to get the belt, and then Zach dumped him off. So that, the evolution into into what we know and love of Miz now. Um, next up, we'll talk about Chris Jericho against AJ Styles. Really good match, really interesting match. Was I the only person who was expecting AJ to win this? Yeah, no, completely. Yeah. Completely. The rivalry built up quite nicely, I thought. It was a very cliched, you like him more than me kind yeah. of thing. And this is, the thing I took away from this is Jericho now, where he is in terms of what KO did for him. That rivalry really, because at the time he was kind of, you know, he was basically getting AJ across and he was very much you know i'm gonna i'm i'm the most experienced guy here you should love me and it was all things we've heard before whereas obviously the ko rivalry festival of friendship i think took jericho to a new level because we saw his comic timing again and we saw just how great he was in the ring whereas this match it's actually thought you know the build-up in the vt you've got jericho watching a laptop snarling and that, that which is fine and fun but you know we'd seen it before and actually it was only when the match got going you think this this is why Jericho's brilliant this is why and also that codebreaker's one that the codebreaker to win it was a thing of beauty it really was but i thought it was a bit of a slow start and then and then they allowed aj to get going and when aj gets going it brought the best out of jericho and that's why for me it was a great match to watch Carrie, you um, were a bit worried when aj came to wwe that he had a bit too much of the tna stank on him did this help was jericho the perfect opponent for him in helping wash that off if you see what i mean yeah absolutely and i think what you're saying about jericho and the kind of you like him more than me that's kind of the ideal jericho story he works that so well i mean yes okay they do it a lot because he's so good at it and i think with the whole aj thing and the whole japan thing and and you've come here after a bit go around the world now you think you're going to be better than me no i thought that worked brilliantly and i thought jericho was a great introduction to the ways of wwe if you will and in sort of reverse of what we were talking about with um, Zack Ryder losing the belt the next night, AJ got rewarded the next night on Raw because he won the fatal four-way to be the number one contender to Reigns' title. Yeah, I feel like this was sort of AJ's great coming up party to Vince and the higher-ups. Just sort of, oh, oh, he's that good. <laughs> 
Um, so if if you read all the dirt sheets and rumors post Mania, apparently the big consensus was Vince going, "Oh wow, I should have signed this guy way earlier. This guy was way better than I thought he had any right to be." Um, the match itself was fine. It was a perfectly prominent match. The the build up was really really quick. I thought Y two AJ was going to last a lot longer, um, and it it kind of feels like a mulligan from Jericho versus CM Punk in a like best in the world, best in the world. You get this problem. Say problem, small, 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 lowercase problem with uh, Jericho matches at Mania, which basically Jericho matches meant to be the work rate match. So you got all these big lads are going to do this or whatever, but then Chris Jericho is going to have this long term story in the corner and then wrestle twenty five minutes and it's meant to be amazing. And sometimes it really, really lands like the, the KO feud, and other times you're just like, uh, that cake's been taken out of the oven five minutes too early. And I think this Edge. match, mm. yeah, yeah, I think this match didn't quite get there like the, the the aj pop isn't quite as crisp as you want like it hasn't quite had the time it needs to gestate properly um it's fine and looks good in the vt packages afterwards but it's fine and you've been big in the podcast by using the word cromulent so that that can only be a good thing um next up to this i can only call it the biggest stinker that's what producer ben put it down as in the notes and i have to agree with him brock lesnar pinned dean ambrose in a match that brock lesnar didn't really want to have from the um, from the looks of yeah. the way he performed did it this is the match this is the big problem with wrestlemania 32 is they have the two big matches that are meant to do the heavy lifting and distract you away from the weird roman reigns thing don't snap so your Shane Undertaker match doesn't snap and your Dean Ambrose Brock Lesnar match doesn't snap. This this is the match that Dean Ambrose becomes is meant to become the great Dean Ambrose and the next great babyface. And it doesn't work because what we now know and what we can now very clearly see from Brock Lesnar's later feuds, Brock Lesnar doesn't like Dean Ambrose. Like, you can tell when Brock Lesnar likes the person he's wrestling with because he's far more willing to eat a potato. He's far more willing to get put through a table. He's far more willing to get panned and whatever, whatever, whatever. And when he's not, he's like, all right, here's eight suplexes and an F5. Bye. It was so deflating. And of course, we got that vibe as well from Dean Ambrose on the Stone Cold podcast that they put on the network where he Austin asked him didn't he about the match and he said hey I, I can, you need two people to make a match if only one person wants to make it then it's not going to be very good and and that's the way this was Lesnar won after 13 suplexes and an F5 I sort of feel Carrie like he didn't justify his money in this Wrestlemania yeah I think everything you've said so far is completely bang on the money but um I think my favourite bit of this match is where Lesnar's just looking at Ambrose and just goes, you son of a bitch. And you kind of think, is that heel work or is he actually thinking that? And I think he's probably actually thinking that. And yeah, it's it's all a bit awks, isn't it, really? A bit awkward. I was, I was watching this match and Dean Ambrose reminds me, of kind of going back to like thinking of ex-girlfriends, because like when they come on the scene... Yeah, you're 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 excited, and then you think there's something new, and you like them instantly. And they might bring friends along who are exciting, and they come into your life, and think, "Yeah, hey, this is great." And then, yeah, after a while, you're like, "Okay, this is they're all right." And then after then after oh, they're actually becoming a bit annoying. And actually, oh, what am I doing in this? I need to get out of this. They need to. I need something needs to go. And then, and then all of a sudden, they become irritating. And this was the moment. And then, unfortunately, the problem is with with Dean. It, his irritation almost becomes physical. He's like, 
he's almost like wrestling's gonorrhea in terms of like <laughs> you, you, you might have had a great time in the build-up and then all of a sudden you can't get rid of it and oh, wow. this is the indelible like thing about this match this, this isn't going away this 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 is sticking with you this match and the stink of ambrose <laughs> And this is what this is one thing that just you know he's got to live with, and unfortunately we have to live with now because of him. Wow, an extraordinary insight into the life of uh, Anton Tolui there. Okay, um, fine. I think we'll just have to move on from that match after that. Um, next up, we're going to go to the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which was won by Baron Corbin. Now these. Jobber battle rules, as, as they've become known, aren't particularly popular. This came after the Hell in the Cell match. I actually quite liked it as a palate cleanser after after a big match. I think it's a, a decent spot for it going forward. Yeah, yeah. It, it You can put it in the new IC ladder match spot or whatever, but I, I really enjoy the Andre thing. I think that now needs to be added. It'd be nice if there was something more than just saying, I want it. Just like, I want it, and now I get to do this. Mm. Um, but then I'm saying that as a diehard fan of tournaments and King of the Ring and Money in the Banks and whatnot. So I can totally accept if you don't think that should be a thing. Um, they, yeah. they always look awkward, don't they? That's the, I think that's the problem. You've got so many people in the ring. Especially Cam- with Shaq and Big Show in this exactly. one. Exactly. And, yeah. and the camera doesn't really know who to focus on. And, and then obviously there's always one standout thing going on at one time, but your eyes can't help you be diverted by other things going on in the background. I just think in terms of certainly television it's they're always awkward they're not brilliant to watch i think that's the main main the reason why they don't really sit well with fans but i quite like them especially when you go back and watch them because that it reminds you of superstars and personas that are dead and they, oh yeah that was a thing mm. and they, oh yeah like sandow and, that, and how much of the pop he gets oh. and you're thinking or mizdow or whatever you know, and you're thinking that you know it was fun for a while and i can see why people liked him and then i don't know what Tatonka was doing in this match by the way that was weird nor, nor did michael cole no. did he that's <laughs> oh, that in this match um, and the social outcasts, that was a thing yeah. as well. I and mean, they got really far, didn't they? Yeah. they were almost last standing, almost, but obviously they, they would never win this kind of match. No. And the thing I, I think I like about this match was the reaction that Baron Corbin got and the NXT chants that went around. And again, you're thinking, right, this guy, he's got the power, he's got the, the sort of angry look about him, and he's come from, he's earned his stripes, and he's, you know, it's a real sort of, this is represents every, you know, people that watch NXT every week, and this is a, it's a win for them as well. Obviously, you know, again, look at him now, but in terms of that, at the time, like, yeah, that's, a, that's something for the fans that, that watch WWE week in, week out. I think it was, a, it was a nice to see him win, nice to get a fresh name. And, Carrie, in terms of Baron Corbin, he's got, Really cool entrance music. He's got a decent look. He's got a great finisher. He got John Cena at SummerSlam. Is that the reason why he's not made the progression that he should have done, or is there something else that he's missing? Well, there was word that he w- had some backstage heat, wasn't there, for a while? Wasn't he complaining about concussions or something like that? Was it head injuries? Um, okay, so former. He's a former NFL player. Former, former NFL player. player. He'll know and a lot then about when, when the concussion stuff initially broke out, yeah, whatever, you know, I, I play football. I understand when I get concussions. And then he slowly started getting a push. And then a bit later on, he said, no, concussions are a problem. And then he slowly stopped getting a push, which is deeply uncomfortable. Um, the idea that a wrestler saying, no, being able to remember where I put my car keys in my 50s is important, um, would make a man lose his push. But I think he just got seen it. I think uh, garbage dumpster fire? Was hot, that the line? Hot garbage. Hot mess of garbage. Yeah. Oh, I hate you. Uh, that, that just... Sometimes you just get done. And, yeah. I think he's going to be great. And I think he'll always be... He'll always be the third person in a... Oh, we got a triple throw. Oh, we need to have a fatal four. Stick him in and he'll look great. You, th- you think Corbin's going to be great? 
You'll be good. <laughs> That's fair. Four-time Intercontinental Champion. Oh, yeah, he won anyway. And, and as with all the other winners, it's propelled his career to, to incredible heights. Um, this was a very long show, and part of the reason for that was because we had to fit in the standard half hour, let the rock come out and, and do some stuff and, and, and bury some people and talk about the little rocks and rockets coming out in nine months because people apparently get so excited at the presence of Dwayne Johnson that it propels them to have sex. Um, he came out, did his talk, did all thing, great, fine, good old rock, maybe went on a little bit too long. Why did he have to bury the Wyatt family? I, I actually, I, I thought the most resonant part actually was when he was paying tribute to Bray Wyatt when he was complimenting him the crowd really got behind it and so he was saying you've got the ability you've got the charisma and the crowd applauded because Wyatt was a fresh hope at the time in terms of they had this era and could have been a kind of you know Undertaker-esque kind of otherworldly sort of thing and I actually thought it was good of either to build into the script or for Rock to actually acknowledge that there was something different about Wyatt and that I felt gave him the push and then all of a sudden he buries him and Cena, there was absolutely no need for Cena. I don't understand why, you know, if you want to get Wyatt across, get him across with The Rock. Why Cena comes in and they, and they bury him? It was all of One minute I'm thinking, brilliant, this is great, you know, we're going we're gonna to see a push for Wyatt and, you know, and then all of a sudden it's dead. And it, literally within three or four minutes, hope evaporated. Is it classic WWE in that? So Cena came out after um, Rock had pinned Eric Rowan in six seconds. The Wyatt family attack him. Cena comes out. He was injured at this point. Um, is it classic WWE to kind of go, well, yeah, but it's Rock and Cena, so they need to be standing tall? Yeah, it's Rock and Cena. It's WrestleMania. This is what people want to see. But um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Watching Rock put over Bray Wyatt and saying those wonderful things and getting that kind of response and then absolutely undercutting it with burying Rowan in six seconds. It's just, yeah, I get that it's WrestleMania and I get that it's Rock and I get that Cena has to come out and help him clear the ring because, you know, it's Rock and Cena, it's WrestleMania. But this is your company, this is your long-term product. What on earth are you doing? I'm kind of done with The Rock at WrestleMania. He's really bad in PG. So much of The Rock is, I'm going to go on, I'm going to absolutely roast you and obliterate you on really personal things and your appearance or whatever, whatever. And in PG, just, you just get what he did to Lana and Rusev, where he just calls Lana all sorts of horrible sexual stuff. And you're like, go away. You're just so mean. Um, and, you know, this, this happens because the more you watch WWE, the more you begin to realise stuff that looks good when you're watching live, and the more you realise that is clearly for the DVD. And, and Rock Cena coming out, making the save, destroying, growing after whatever is clearly DVD stuff. Um, but the, yeah, I, I just get so sad thinking about Bray Wyatt because he could have been the next Undertaker and now he's the new Papa Shango. Well, there's plenty more Bray Wyatt misery to come in future episodes of Parts oh. Unknown, so do make sure that you tune into those. Um, elsewhere, League of Nations, which was Rusev and Sheamus and Alberto Del Rio with Wade Barrett sort of hanging around on the outside saying the word lads a lot. Uh, they beat the New Day in about 10 minutes, but the story here was Austin, Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley coming out post-match and Austin stunning Xavier Woods at the end. Um, this is fine, isn't it? This is almost a... a well, it is a better way of using old time than they did with The Rock. Come out, keep it short, do your spots, out you go. Oh, I hated this. <laughs> hated it. Like, blood-red fury around my living room, hated this. Because One, it was be a waste of Austin, Sean and Foley or because they were burying the new guys? Burying the most amazing thing in wrestling for that year, which was the New Day. Well, they didn't bury them. 
I'm not going to overuse the word bury, but no, don't have Stone Cold do that to the New Day. The New Day are amazing and fantastic and wonderful unicorn people. Um, just doing that just showed, again, this is going to be good for the DVD. And again, like nothing is as good as it used to be because we never let anything we currently have get the chance to be as good as it used to be. Yeah, I hate that moment. Shawn Michaels looked amazing. Amazing so did, so did Austin, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but hate that moment. And the League of Nations are, oh man, that's that's going to go down as one of like wrestling's great almost stables. So every now and again in the WWE games, the WWE game stuff get to talk to WWE creative stuff. And sometimes WWE creative stuff can test ideas in the computer games. And the League of Nations was an early test idea that came out in uh, WWE 2K 11 or 12. So this was an idea Seamus had and gave to creative years and years ago, basically like, just give me all of the non-American wrestlers and we'll call them like something. And that's a stable in one of the computer games years before the League of Nations comes about. They went, oh yeah, let's use that old idea and do it. And the League of Nations could have been amazing, but they got Roman Reigns. And it's like, Ugh, fine. I, 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 love, I love Barrett in terms of he was... He was great and he left the... His last night on Raw was the next night it as was. it turned out. And he, as an orator... I think it was is absolutely superb. And it was obviously at the end, cliche written to bring out Stone Cold et al. But he was brilliant in terms of, you know, we see him in previous manias and his bull hammer is brutal. Mm-hmm. He speaks like, you know, someone who's angry at the pub, you know, and that's great. And that's, you know, he, and it kind of, I agree with you in terms of League of Nations. It could have been absolutely brilliant. And it was a, it was a waste of, I certainly think it was a waste of Barrett's talent because he was brilliant in Nexus as the leader. And he's, he's always, he's a natural leader. So for him to kind of get so easily swept aside after saying, oh, we're the greatest... Also, we're the greatest three-man... Well, there's four of you. That didn't make any (laughs) sense either. So that kind of annoyed me. Um, And to go back to New Day, why were they dressed as Dragon Ball Z characters? Why are they dressed as Vegeta? And then coming out of Bootios. Promote one thing at a time. Promote whatever they want. Promote Dragon Ball (laughs) Z or promote Bootios. Why would Dragon Ball Z characters be in a box of Bootios? That makes no sense. (laughs) And not in a, not in a, not in a, because they New Day, they can do what they want. That makes no sense because you're just trying to promote a load of things. And it makes no sense because that's the New Day. The great, amazing thing about the New Day is that they are black wrestlers who just are goobers. They're not, big brooding crime angry blah blah blah, blah. Like, oh, hello. i like pancakes and wrestling and cereal and dragon ball z and here's a unicorn horn uh hello that's that's the amazing fantastic thing about new day and in the same way when you watched episode seven of star wars and finn popped up and he's like hello you know what or the same way you watch black panther and then shuri's like hello i know what a vine is that's the new day just like i am a carefree black hero um and just let them do that i don't want to see like it's really cool when biggie gets really really angry and does that stuff but just go do goober stuff forever so carl's a new day fan carrie 2018 they've been going for years literally now have they still got the same pizzazz they had when they finally got it right because they were they were not over at all when they first came out until they stumbled upon the right formula have you have you seen enough no i really enjoy the new day and i think that um the fact they were given time to find their sweet spot is quite impressive because they didn't seem to really know what they were doing kind of for the first few months. When they were running those hype videos before they came out with the gospel choir, you know, it was like, oh, good God, what the hell are they going to do with these three? And the fact that they've actually allowed them to run with something that works for them. And as you're saying, get them over as baby faces, but having fun and enjoying what they're doing and not using kind of stereotypes 
That's a pretty big deal for WWE. Yeah, it is. And also, I think the the recent rival with the Usos has made them relevant in the ring mm. as well, which I think helped in terms of you can easily forget how good they are in the ring, especially you know, Big E. And, and, Woods, and Woods has come into his own as a performer as well. You know, they've not just developed, you know, outside, but also in the ring. They've, they've also proved why they deserve to be you know, carrying gold as often as they do. All right, so we're wrapping up now. Um, in terms of the Hall of Fame, the following members were inducted. The Freebirds, The Godfather, Big Boss Man, Jacqueline, Stan Hansen, Snoop Doggy Dog, Joan London, who was the Warrior Award recipient, ugh, and Sting, who denounced his retirement at the ceremony the night before. Anybody got anything of interest to say about this particular class? No. Big Boss Man's one of the best heavies WWE's ever had, and we need to talk about that more. <laughs> No, no one else feel uncomfortable like Godfather and the whole Ho Train and and we're and everyone's like, yeah, that was a good thing. Was it? No, no, that's not a good thing at all. But hey, what one do you put in? The Godfather, Papa Shango. Who else was he? Kama Mustafa. Yeah, yeah. The most the most popular one is the Godfather, and that's so gross. And yet, you know, hey, he gets he gets his moment in a twenty five minute speech and refers back to it at the Hall of Fame, and hmm, everyone's laughing as opposed to thinking. Nope. This, this is, the is this is with Mike Tyson in there. Yeah, so point. shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah just brush over that. And Donald Trump, and with an award named after one of the most hateful men who ever lived. Um, so that was the Hall of Fame. Briefly on the kickoff, Kalisto pinned right back in front of nobody, and Team Total Divas beat Team Bad and Blonde. So we had the best and worst of women's WWE. Basically, let's have a uh, as we wrap up our usual WrestleMania moments. Carl, we'll start with you. What was, what was your WrestleMania moment from thirty two? It's Michael Cole on commentary uh, pointing out the accumulated days of Triple H's champion, which is something like twelve hundred days. Wow! Um, so Triple H has held the main title belt in WWE for an accumulated three years. Uh, and at the time, Roman Reigns has held it for 44. That's a great storyline. And they don't address that at all. But yeah, Triple H really likes holding that strap. He sure does. And I'm sure he will beat Ric Flair and John Cena's record at a time when he sees fit. He's How about you, Anton? time Hall of Famer, at least. That's <laughs> Mine, ridiculous. Mine was in the intro, because you had Michael Cole saying, where legends show youthful exuberance. And you're just thinking... Oh, no. No, Michael, no. Because they do, they can't show you for exuberance when they can't move, Michael. That's the problem. And uh, Saxton, again, is the the white lapel on the tux. I thought that was a, an odd choice. So funny that we both mentioned commentary things as opposed to anything in the ring. It's slightly mm. worrying, isn't it? Mm. Carrie? Um... Obviously, Lita announcing the women's championship w- would be mine. Oh, now we now we look daft. No, I'm now sorry. we look like awful human beings. I've just got my feminist rant for this entire episode. Just men have annoyed me throughout this entire WrestleMania. Um, also, Diamond Dallas Page turning up. I didn't mention him. I was pleased about that. Mm. And then I guess I suppose the iconic image is going to be Shane throwing himself off a high thing. But you know that happens all the bloody time. So <laughs> yeah. So there were some decent moments in this. I would say probably my favourite was the Sasha entrance with Snoop. I know that wasn't popular, but I thought it was nice, nice little bit of um, way to tie up sort of past and present of, of WWE. And that whole match actually was 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 absolutely fantastic. All right, so that was WrestleMania 32, a pretty average show, uh, if truth be told. We'll be breaking down WrestleMania 31 next, which was a much, much more enjoyable experience, I think it's fair to say. Carrie, in the meantime, where can people keep up with you on Twitter? At Carrie Sparkle. And Anton? At Sky Anton. 
Carl. I am Anchorman616. I am at Matt Davis FC. Davis is D-A-V-I-E-S. But more important than that, follow the show at the PU Podcast. Thanks for your company today. I've been Matt Davis. You've been in Parts Unknown. The Parts Unknown Wrestling Podcast is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. <laughs>